What's up, Resi Poo? What's going on? That's one of my faves. That's taking it back. Hey, that yeah. that right there is the shit. Let 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 let's let's make it go. Let's go. Get me started. Don't you know? You know this. Let's not get. Let's not. Listen. Woo! Oh, Black yes. Betty will get you in a mood yes. to do some things with your body. The Ram Jam. You know, Melody Richie. What's going on? Good morning, love. Good morning. Big Mel Richie in the building. What's going on? Yes. You know, I got the heat on down here in the basement. Ugh. I haven't been outside yet, have you? No. Hey, look who you're asking. Look. <laughs> I just thought you may have cracked the window or something. I don't know. Not not a drop. You know, I on Saturday mornings my routine is generally this. I roll out of the bed, I take a shower, I have whatever necessary conversations need to be had. I make my bed, I come downstairs, I try to create something right before the show. I get a big, every freaking Saturday, I get this big idea right before we're supposed to go on air. And I'm like, ooh, let me see if I can put it together. Oh, that's right. I wanted to do this. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Then I'm like, wait, I'm going to get hungry in the middle of the show. Ooh. And then I run upstairs <laughs> and see what it is that I can Grab and have next to you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And if I don't have fruit, which I I ran out of fruit because I ate it all yesterday. I don't know what was what in the shenanigans of the apple tree was going on. If you don't want to be with me, then you don't want to be from my apple tree. I don't know what the hell was going on. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so I ate every apple, pear, and peach in the house. And then, um, so I had some some cereal and then I started playing music I don't know that's really bad because then when I do that I distract myself and I'm not ready when it's time to be ready so Mm. 
you know, the same lady that counts down at the end when it's time to end the show. Yeah, the white lady. Yes, the same. That's the same sister. I'm gonna call her sister. That I have reminded me that I have, and it starts at 15 minute countdown. It's always within the last two minutes. Your show will go on in two minutes. That my bladder says this would be a good time to use the ladies' room if you got one. Have you, when you were growing up, and and uh, you know how if and if it was more than two of you, you know you had things like bathroom breaks when you're going away somewhere. If you're getting in the car, everybody got to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. At the time when you're asked the question, you check your bladder. No, you don't have to go. But like two minutes when you get three blocks away, it's like a. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Can't help it. You're that kid. Can't help it. I think that. Um, oh, Melody says it is cold out, and Ooh. it's a hard, dry cold. Ooh, hard, dry cold. That you doesn't just... sound inviting at all. Hard and dry. That yeah. don't sound good in mm, any mm. situation. In any, not at all. Not mm. not a drop. So That's the highest thirty and the lowest ten today. Yeah, no, I will bundle up because I do have to go to the supermarket because I ate all the fruit. So I need some I need some fruit. And um hmm, so yeah, but I think I think for me anyway, my body expels psychologically, like when it's a psychological time, okay, you're getting ready to do a show, maybe it's nerves, I don't know, mm-hmm. With when whenever I go to, when I get near my mom's home where I grew up, I, I got to go. Everything got to come out. What is that about? Like if you're holding, your, you're holding on while you're driving, what does your body sense that you're getting closer? Like every time I have to use the restroom, and I'm driving, it'll be fine up until I make that corner turn to my, I don't know what, I'm going to start to envision me being miles away. Because what I don't like is running out of the car. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I know. And I do it all the time, all the time. Yep. Well. She's like, she, she just clears a path at this point. And I don't know what, I don't know what to do about that. You know what? I, and now as we're talking about it, guess what? What's that? I gotta take a break. <laughs> oh man! Oh, good morning. Good you're morning. also working, so you'll be. But wait, okay. So pop, don't don't go anywhere because I think you're gonna appreciate this. All right. Um, I did this morning. I was this morning able to put together a, a rapid fire. Oh. This one, and I'll I'll tell you Ooh. offline who 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 I have been trying to do, but there was just so much. That rapid fire shouldn't be any more, maybe a little bit more than five minutes if it takes that long. You know, there have been I think the longest maybe Jane Elliott was like forever every, but you got to give Miss Jane that. Yeah, right? I like I liked Rasan's too. Rasan's yeah, his was dope. But there's another one that I'm trying to do. I don't know if I should call her name. But for each word, there was a story. And there were good stories. But I feel like we need to break it down, like rapid fire, part one, part two, through part 20. 
because each each answer deserves its own rapid fire. And with, I'll tell you who that is after the show, because I, I don't know how what I'm saying is coming off, but it's all a positive. It's all I mean that all in love, like j- jewels. Well, jewels. We, we gotta keep the jewels because we we're in a time where we need jewels. We gotta keep them. Yes, no, we keeping the jewels. We keeping all the jewels, but you know, like it's it's not exactly rapid. So. And that being said, today's rapid fire. Good morning, Levon. Good morning, Chatterboxes. Good morning, Miss DJ. Miss DJ. All right. So let us do our rapid fire for today. Gospel music. 
inspirational? Poetry. Uh, flowing. School. Education. Knowledge. Houston. Iconic. Shaka Khan. Ooh, <laughs> Thank you so much for playing out here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We're going to keep that. <laughs> you keep the bloopers too. Those are the best parts. But, you know, both of my parents, they were always giving and helping others, and they never wanted for anything. You know, wealth, it was, was your help, and your wealth is your giving. You know, and sometimes, you know, even today, and, you know, don't listen viewers. When I say this, don't come calling me up asking me for money. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Love, 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 Miss Pat Houston. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. You know what? There's just some people that come through that I I feel like I can't believe I have been blessed enough in my lifetime just to have a, a conversation with them because not because of their celebrity per se, but who they are, you know, and, and their way of thinking and their, this woman is so generous. Her love comes through, you know, it, she's just phenomenal just phenomenal and um she's one of my one of my faves of the of the many wonderful people that have come through um so there there are some um i guess rapid fires or videos to edit that take a longer time for me and that's because there's just so much i can't content yeah you can't put it all and what are you gonna you know i'm going for a particular thing um, with the rapid fires mm-hmm. and with the outtakes, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I really want to show like the, the last piece of it. I really want it to be like some of the lighter moments, the funnier moments and not necessarily, you know, you want to see the full interview, then go look at the whole interview. But I, I want to pull out some personality moments or some something that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so oh, much. Because, you know. Um, or that may have been fiery. Yes, know? yes, or, or fiery, or you know something that might make you say, "Ooh," you know, what, whatever it is. But um, you know, with with someone like Pat Houston, it was just so much. No, she's dropping jewels through, throughout the whole thing, throughout the whole interview, and what a blessing! And um, I, as I was watching it. She promised to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> she did. I have it on tape. I, I do. <laughs> oh, man. 
You know who I want, you know who, have you looked at um, Steve Arrington's? Um, yeah, uh, we didn't do a rapid fire with him, but yes. I, oh my God. We weren't, we weren't doing them um, steadily with him. No, at that time. All right. All right. All right. No, that, you know, what was really the best thing about um, the one where we did the video with, with Steve, um, because I think the first the first time um, when he did the podcast years ago, mm-hmm. I really loved that interview because a lot of people called in. So that was that's one of my favorite all time podcasting episodes. Um, for that reason, like he was just all in, and the people were all in, and it was just amazing that that piece of it. It did, it, yeah, it did exactly what I intended to show the, the whole podcast. That was the purpose for people to be able to vibe with their favorite artists, you know. Um, and but then when when we did it and he live streamed here, your enthusiasm for him bubbled over, and, <laughs> and I was able to see how excited you were. To you know that was just so you? dope. That for I me always, was everything. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I oh, I've been like an instrumentalist lover for a very long time. I'm like analog queen. So when there are, there are groups that I remember as a as a kid growing up that did it for me, like their instrumentation, their live, you know, and I'm all about the stage, you know. So you know, and and the stage has gotten a bad rap, you know, reasonably so, because, you know, we were just talking about that the other day, how theater got a bad rap, because once upon a time, if you could work the theater, as we talked about with our last guest on, Jonathan Burke, you know, they did it to themselves in a sense, and I hope that they, um, you know, make the theater more accessible for folk that, you know, may not traditionally get to see a Broadway show, because it costs a lot of money, you know. Um, But, you know, part of the cost is production to put to mount a production costs a lot of money, you know, and, um, you know, be able to give some buybacks. And there's a way to get around that. You know, you have a corporation buy X amount of tickets and give them away, you know, you know, so that you can still support the production and still get people in that, you know, need to do need to see it. You know, you need to see something live. But that's 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 kind of where I thrive. So seeing slaves, you know, and and so many other groups, you know, um, and see and like come on man like who doesn't listen yeah so many cuts he made back in the day that took us oh absolutely those bass lines and those grooves that you just cannot they ain't even playing instruments like that no more yeah yeah they ain't playing it like that no more they ain't even using instruments like that no they they don't use instruments at all quite frankly So when you get a chance to see like a, a live band playing where you have a, a, a unit that's in, that's in sync or earth, wind and fire, or, you need to have that be a part of your life's work. Oh, my know. God. Earth, wind and fire. Talk about a band. Yeah. And not too and not too many of today's performers, you know, can do it with a live band. You know, now those, I'm not saying none of them, because you certainly, we still got the Jill mm-hmm. Scott and the, listen, live. Yep. But I'm just talking about you, a band and a microphone. Come on now, somebody. 
Yeah. Well, you know, that's real live singing and, you know, there's a, you know, look, somebody told me, somebody was saying, Javon, I don't know why you say you can't sing. You can sing. I heard your song. I said, girl, that's that's auto-tune. That ain't, you know, come on, stop. I I can't sing. (laughs) What you listening to? You know, I, no. I said, let me tell you who who can sing, okay? And then I can list some people, you know. But if you listen to to old recordings, and I feel even though yes, I used auto tune on my voice, on my voice. But but that's because I know I needed it. People need to be more honest and say that they can't sing. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, just just say it. You know, I mean. But a lot of stuff that you hear now, you know, it's it's more rhythmic something another. Not necessarily called singing per se, but you know, there, there's there's carrying a tune enough to make it colorful. It's more art sound than than actual do re mi fa sol la tito. Right now, that's what I can do. I can um, entertain, mm-hmm. and I can carry a tune far enough to entertain your ass. Okay. But to make you say, "Oh, girl, you can sing," make you want to throw your shoe at me? No, you ain't throw you. No, no, that ain't happening. You so. said you probably won't see Smokey Robinson either. He's like, listen, Smokey Robinson. You know, if he's performing anywhere, and see, that's the thing. You know, you can find out or or request some of your favorite promoters to bring folks like Smokey and you know, and others that you want to hear to your town like promoters respond to what is popular or what is what is you know um uh or or your favorite venue if you have a a venue a boutique venue or a larger venue say hey why don't you guys have they have people in there that do the bookings have you know go ahead and and do it you know and had to check off yeah check it off bucket list yeah you know what's funny i used to do that i used to seriously do that i used to write a whole lot of folk that i wanted to see and then um this is before um computers got popular and then i would uh check them off you know and i would go from anywhere from here to places that I frequented and found out anybody playing in your town who's playing what's going on you know it was just a, a love affair with live performance you know um out working say you were on tour somewhere and somebody else was couple of doors down, you know, playing somewhere, especially in Vegas. Oh, yeah, we're going to go see such and such a show in Vegas, you know. Supposed to be in Atlantic City, but got canceled uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Um, I heard, what's what's the name? I don't know, one of them, Jewel or Tammy Faye. I don't know, one of those, Ariana Grant. I don't know, one of them people. Um was was crying on the news because she had to cancel her concerts and she was saying she was so sorry, you know, that she really tried and, you know, I I think members of her band started falling, you know, getting sick and, you know, it was just a lot. It was just yeah. a lot. So, you know, again, I, I don't feel comfortable either, Misty. So, uh, yeah, it was Adele. Adele. Same thing, Tammy Faye. I mean, Ooh, you know. Oh. <laughs> did I say that? Did I say that? Did I mean that? I mean, I'm sorry. She, she's over. She know she's got to move around, and to move around a whole entire production. Yeah, that's a lot. 
She's very. A lot, it's a lot with no COVID, you know. Um, yeah. But did you have to, you know, I mean, there's a, you, you're gonna. That's some strict stuff, but then you know, it's really about what the venues do, um, too. Yeah. No. Yeah. There is this. There is this. Um. This. Um. I'm gonna call it a chemical, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. that is um showing really, really good efficacy. 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 Thank you. And and um, it it is um, entered into the HVAC systems, mm. and what it does is it um, kills you know virus germs and all that stuff. And so you know, like when you have to clean, it's one thing, but when it comes out through your vents, it's a steady um, or a burst. I don't know how it dispenses, but um, they are testing it, and there are places that are, of course, not here because we don't create nothing new here. You know, we have to we have to get it afterwards and then say we we owned it. But yeah, anyway, right. um, it, it is sh- and it's decreasing people's sick time at work and you know, the whole bit. So it's it's apparently working. You know, because um, you know, as we know, novel viruses and aren't new. You know, but but having something coming through your HVAC system to be able to keep your space clean and um not clean but you know keep it um sanitized may be helpful maybe where we're going you know yeah yeah it's a lot man it's it's a lot for everybody it's a lot for everybody but you know like our guest from last week said you know those artistic types are using this time to remain artistic and to do things that they um, maybe would not have had time to or may not even have thought to do, you know, like actually writing series and and, and those who are songwriters writing their actual complete EPs and, and CDs or whatever, um, whoever uses CDs still, and, uh, you know, playwrights writing plays. And speaking of, um, Jonathan Burke, who was kind enough to visit us last week. Let me show you all a little drop from his, um, the show he was talking about, his uh, series. Awesome. No more than three dates. No boyfriends. And no falling in love. For a year. Fucking and forget him, I say. Come on. Uh, Where's the glass? <laughs> Not looking. Not looking. Hopefully coming to uh, an outlet near you, and you will be looking. I know I will be. Yeah. That yeah. looks good. That looks good. Looks juicy. Looks like it's gonna peel back some layers of something, you know. Because what do you what do you do when you talk about relationships and and um, I don't know, you know. I think and being one whole of oneself, you know. Because some people believe in the fifty fifty. Some people believe in the hundred a hundred. You know, like what do you need to be eighty twenty. Some people, are, you know, are looking for people with things. Some people are looking for people with values. 
You know, it's a whole lot of things. And then what makes a person attractive, by and large? What makes a person attractive? What would you say, Silky? <laughs> Do they breathe? <laughs> I think I think everyone has something about them that's attractive. I think that, and and you know, then there are things that are personal turnoffs, but it doesn't mean that it's a personal turnoff for me. But it doesn't mean that they're they're unattractive. You know what I mean? Like there are some there are some people that I would never want to get with. But okay, I, so I can see pop- how some people would find them attractive. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pin you down to the mat a little oh, bit. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So what are five? Okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do. What? Okay, pick a number from one to ten first. Pick a number from one to ten. Yes. Two. <laughs> you're okay. So you're gonna give me two absolute things that a person has to have, and then two deal breakers. Two things that a person has to have? Yes. For you to exist in a relationship. And then two absolute deal breakers. Remember, you pick two. (laughs) (sighs) So two absolutes. What does a person have to have? Two absolutes. That doesn't mean they're the only two, but you said two. So let's just go with two. Okay, so one thing that a person has to have, has to have, is intelligence to some degree at least. <laughs> like you have to at least be on my level of intelligence or, or smarter. Or maybe just below, depending on what else you got. <laughs> oh God! Okay, you gotta be near me, in up in in the in the mind. That's one thing we definitely got to do. That <laughs> Misty, I see you. <laughs> Go ahead. And two. What she say? She said, "I like a person who can speak." Y- yeah, I I get that. Um. That's one thing, and they should have to have some sort of um, – I don't know the word for it. Um, I can't think of the – I know the word. I just can't think of the word right now. But for lack of a better word, I'm going to say couth. Couth. Okay, so so um, drill down on that a little bit. Couth. What do you mean exactly? Um, you have to have cool and intelligence so far. Yeah, okay. you, you. Um, yeah, you can't be you manners. You you manners. have to have manners. Manners, okay. So intelligence and manners. Yeah, which may all fall in line, you know, okay. to to some degree, you know. Okay. But you could be smart and be a smart ass, so you know I don't I don't want that. But I, you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Be fucking nice. And what are two absolute deal breakers? Poor hygiene. 
Poor hygiene and violence. Mm-hmm. No drugs. I mean, that's easier for me to say what, because you know what? Let me let me just say this. Um, as you know, I'm a little long in the tooth, <laughs> right? Levon okay. says, "Why can't I?" Okay. Um, she needs personality, sense of humor. Definitely, I need a sense of humor. Um, I can't be sitting around laughing by myself all the time because I start thinking I'm crazy, which I do most of the time, sit around and laugh by myself, but I don't give a shit. Integrity, yes, yes. Intelligence and a continuous openness to learning about me and themselves in regards to intimacy. I don't mm. need that last part, but that would be nice. Mm. That, That's yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Beta you know, personalities are annoying. What does that mean, beta? Beta personalities are very annoying. You know, like, uh, well, um, you've heard of alpha personalities, right? Yeah. Beta is the opposite. So, like, a, a complete sub? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, I guess. Someone that's just completely passive and. Okay, whatever you say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that but yeah, that, that was, part of that part about um yes, the, yeah, um I agree with the being annoying betas. Um but the part about um the openness to continue learning that would have to be number 1 for me, you know, outside of uh the first being just integrity, you know, and love themselves. You know, and I don't mean the, the the narcissistic conceit love. I mean the nature's first law, able mm-hmm. to self-preserve. You know, that, that to me is not only necessary, it's also sexy, you know. The other piece is the about being open to growing. Like, you know, I'm of, the, I'm of this thought that people continue to grow until the coffin drops. And there's nothing like talking to a dated, stuck person and some Neanderthal kinds of ways of, uh, woo, it's it's a lot of work, you know, and or people that have reasons, they have ninety reasons as to why they the way they are, and won't move, like ninety million reasons mm-hmm. as to why they won't seek therapy, ninety million reasons as to why they won't grow in a different capacity, you know, it's just that that piece annoys me, it really does. And I know everybody does things uh, when they're ready, but uh, if you if you can't um, if you can't articulate, and I don't mean like you know in some you know just be able to express yourself and your feelings, you know, you know when things come up that are emotionally um, taxing, be able to articulate that, be able to talk about what's going on. You know, and um, yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those things. Like, be able to. Oh, I agree with you, Misty. Too incapable of making decisions. Yeah. yeah. See, it's now what you want. that's that's be- that's one of the things. Yeah, I, I I can't do this. I can't do druggies at all. I, I, matter of fact, if you smoke cigarettes, I you can't. I can't be with you. I'm not kissing no ashtray mouth. Sorry, no. I used to and and I used to smoke years ago. <laughs> No, Mm-mm. can't be around it. Don't want to be, and drugs are not cool. I I'm not into that. Sorry. Um, in terms of this um this P 
piece here, incapable of making decisions. That is so funny to me, only because um, at work and during my day job, I make decisions all day, big decisions, major decisions. You you would be surprised that some of the decisions I have to make about other people's lives and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. You know, it, it what they can do and what they can't do and what they should do and what they shouldn't do. All day, every friggin' fragging day. And so when I get home, I don't want to make any more decisions. It's very basic to me. Whatever you want, I don't care. I, I, it's not that important to me. Where are we going to eat? I don't care. As long as there's something on the menu I like. Don't tell me to make a choice because I could care less. I've made all the decisions today I'm going to make. You know what? That's so funny. <laughs> So true. Right? Is that not like, true? Like, get, you know, it's like, oh, your brain gets conditioned to the big ticket items. Right. So everything else is just so insignificant. It, it really you is. Know? It's like, it's yeah. not that big. I don't okay. give a shit. And that, but that's a part of, you know, like, it's the balance. Like, I would come home sometimes and just watch cartoons. Classic cartoons, the ones I liked, of course. But, you know, nonetheless, it'd be like, okay. Because you just you just have to you gotta unwind it some kind of way, and um, that's before I really 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 got better with meditation. You know, I met a woman and she was tall, and she thought that all she needed to do was catch all she needed to be to catch my interest. She thought that being tall was all she needed to be. You know, Misty, you kill me <laughs> with that shit. <laughs> she loves the tall women. Uh, yes. You, you cannot, cannot be upon to me all the time. You cannot get jealous every time another female flirts with me or when I say something nice to a female. <sighs> yeah, there's yeah. that, right? But she was extremely needy and always trying to, what is that word? Ver? Oh, okay. I think I'm missing. Catastrophizing. Over, over catastrophizing. Oh, over. Okay. Oh, she was, okay, I got it. Over catastrophizing and expecting me to feel better. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, there are those types. But there's help for them, you know, again. Over drinking and drugging and falling out and making excuses. Uh, uh, uh. No, no. They're not ready. Yeah, they're not ready for, for a relationship, Misty, that person. Who they they're ready for an an NA a meeting maybe yeah rehab meetings. Hi, my name is Bob. Thing you know, that's all right. Everybody. And we need to normalize that. We need to normalize telling people when they need help. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Normalize that in your conversations. Normalize people. Normalize conversations about therapeutic um, intervention. Like let's normalize these conversations. We don't have to like because we gonna talk about them anyway. You know, so let's just normalize when we see, normalize the check-ins, normalize helping people um, understand that it's okay. Normalize those conversations so that people, when they do need help, you know, it's so normal for them to talk about it and it seems like nothing, you know. Normalize these conversations with your peers, you know, like just, just try to find a work away and try to find a way to work it into a sentence. Because some of this stuff we can we can combat if we just changed our um, our ideas and our thoughts about getting intervention when we need it, you know. Yeah. Very helpful. 
That's not something you can, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm, an, I'm a believer, but that's not something you can love away from someone. You know, that's not something you can try to take on yourself, you know. Normalize telling them they need help and then walking away. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know about the walk away part. That sounds like a, a relationship kind of vibe, but I will say normalize telling them they could benefit, you know, because sometimes people have a word, you know, like there's a a play on words that people don't like to hear, but, you know, just, you know, therapy, you would benefit from some of that, you know, benefit from taking your time to find the perfect fit for you. You know, in the past, I met a lot of women that really thought all they needed to be was pretty. And I was like, chick, I'm pretty too. Big deal. What else you got? I don't know why I read it in her when I read it in her voice. You can hear it, yep. You can hear it in your yeah. head, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah know, you know, you got to come with, you got to, listen, and this thing, I'm glad you brought that up. Go ahead, Jay. No, no, pretty is fun, but that's as far as it, that's as much as it is. Listen. It's candy. You eat it, and then you move on. Pretty, pretty, pretty is the And that's lore. what happens. It makes you look. That's but what happens. Yeah. You? Now, if you if you lock up and find someone that you love to look at that gives you everything that you need to feel all warm and, warm and fuzzy inside, you are winning. That wants to continue to grow and develop with you, who's fun to be with, and you can hang out and talk about all kinds of things, and it's got your back and battle tested. Winner. Hold that one. Exactly. Now. Let's talk about eye candy for a second since it's there, right? Uh oh. So, eye candy is no different than candy candy. See okay. a piece of candy, you look at it. If you're supposed to be on a diet, then don't eat the candy. Just look at it and say, mmm, that looks like that tastes good. And you keep moving. If you're free and clear, you don't have diabetes or anything, eat the candy. If the if the candy is so good and it, it, it suits you and you want more, get some more candy. However, if it was good, you satisfied, and you like, I don't need no more, let the candy go. However, <laughs> if you pick up the pretty candy, it looks nice, but when you take off the wrapping, it's ugly or dirty. You don't eat that. Put that down. Put it down. <laughs> What is happening? Throw that candy away. Don't eat it. Don't pick it up. And go find yourself a nice box of chocolates that has all your favorite assortments inside of it. And it's also pleasing to your eyes. (laughs) And take your time and savor that box of candy. Take your time. Okay. So... That being said, uh-oh, the candy man is here. <laughs> he said, I got options, though. <laughs> okay, I got many more. Pop. All right, so question. Uh, then how much time is comfortable? Like, how much time before you, do you think that you need to get to know a person before you cross the proverbial physical boundary? You asking them that? I'm asking you first. <laughs> what? Why don't you answer the question first and then ask me? 
Um, answer the question. How much time do I think it's appropriate? And you talk, no, just, just, all right, let me put it in context then. Um, um, and give the backstory is that I'm a city and country mouse. Um, in this area though, the country mouse prevails. So, um, I do not believe in mixing serum of any kind, um, until serum. there are some fun. You know, I say serum. Don't do it until you've had a few things out of the way first. Yeah. What kind of things have to be out of the way? Well, I think that um, what you feel about physicality, some discussions, I'll just say discussions first. Uh, HIV tests second. No, because sometimes you don't even have to get to the test if the discussions turn you off. It's like, oh, um, okay. Okay, well, you know, we go be friends. Okay, okay. You got to waste your money on, on going through the testing process. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Just because you, just because you, candy don't mean you got to keep it forever and don't mean you got to love the candy. You just There's going to be the, no eating of no candies. You were just it, in the mood for some candy. Damn. No. No, I, you know, those, those days are, you know, and even in those days, I, you know, I, I'm a little, no, nah, we need to, yeah, we need to, we need to see some medical work. You know what I mean? Like it's enough to navigate through the world. You don't need a whole lot of other complications because you didn't want to be responsible. I, I really feel that sex is an adult thing. And that's for the big kids. This so if true. you wanna if you wanna do it, then there's a way to do it. You just don't have enough, like you know, you know, you have you be responsible. Yes, let's be responsible. Let's have you know because we like it a lot, don't we? Right? Like what? Sex. Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about sex. I thought yeah. we were talking about candy. We talking about that too. Candy sex. <laughs> well, I'm just saying we we like it a lot, so we want to make sure we can have as much of it as possible. In order to do that, we need to be safe doing it. Period. And we, and not to feel like we have to do it either. You know, getting to know somebody sometimes when you're doing all that and you doing all that physical stuff, you can't get to know somebody as well as when you're not doing it. Real talk. I'm sorry. When it comes up, when the physicality comes up, it, it things get cloudy fast. You miss you miss cues. You know, when hormones get involved, you miss subtle social cues. You you know, so I say leave that out of it. And if the person can can withstand and you enjoying the person, that's how you get to know an actual person. You know, this is the other thing. Make sure they're legal, huh? Of legal age. What you saying, Pop? I like a second date to be the doctor for us again. Yeah, that's a good that's a good look. That's a good look. But for someone that you know, you got your eye on the second drugs and alcohol people, Misty, don't date people that that get high no more. Just give yourself (laughs) a break from that. I think maybe you just you're looking for a different experience at this point. Um, You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, I don't know who they are, but, you know. Sex creates soul ties. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Well, the the idea is that every time you either have some, every time you exchange serum, 
It's a soul tie. And if you're not changing, if you're not exchanging with the right folk or if you're exchanging too much, those are a lot of, that's a lot of soul tie you got going on. And then your spirit is, is cloudy. Oh, okay. Okay, miss. The only reason why I asked that is because you kept mentioning alcohol and drugs. So I don't blame you. Tiffy mm-hmm. read friend zone everybody. Um, it said Tiffy Red in the building. Okay. I read it and then had to look back and say, Oh, Tiffy Red. Friend zone everybody. everybody. You know there you go. First. Now I feel now I'm feeling this. You got to know a person first. I can't give you like a time. It's not fun to be intimate with someone if it's no real emotions there. Well, I don't know about that, Tiffany. I I mean from way, way long ago, I think I might have known somebody who had a fun experience or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, celibate for many years. Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with celibacy. Sex is ruled by Pluto, the Scorpio. But we knew that. Well, I knew that. There's not a casual about those in energies. That's true. Scorpions are very intense especially about sex. It's it's true. Ah. Uh, Let's see. Because it keeps coming up and it keeps getting annoying. Right. Actually, like a person. How about that? Tiffany, (laughs) now you want to something with that, sweetheart. Like, you know, get to know me. Why everybody just want to sex me? Just get to know me. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. Don't touch me. Let's talk. Let's go out. Let's find our energy. Let's do, let's just do those things. They don't really want to say to me. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> and now I have to do an oral quick and a COVID test. <laughs> yeah, thirty minutes before you can watch an episode of Golden Girls Eleven Single and Eat some popcorn. You ain't never lied. We have to become our own practitioners now. You know, if a mere hug blends auras, what do you think blending DNA does? Mm. Uh, that'll be no for me. If it's one thing in this great pandemic did, it import, it imported some distance, respect, personal space. Okay, Miss Matthews. That's true. That's true. Whew. Okay, Miss Matthews. Oh, the chatterboxes is giving it to us today, honey. I'm just honey. saying. I'm just saying. Yep, yep, yep. Get to know you. Hums in my dome. Word. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. It, it is a thing. Like, you know, I think... Um, Nature's first law of being self-preservation um, requires a lot of things. And whereas, you know, and honestly, I feel like if you got away with stuff before, time to really consider that you may be rolling dice and just, um, you know. Yeah, it's a good time to start thinking about shit. And, yeah. and since we're on this topic of um, blending souls and all of this and sex, ladies and gentlemen, be careful who you breed with. Be more, mm. more particular with whom you you procreate. I also have a small light to look for pimples on their booty hole. Thank you, Pop. <laughs> Thank you for that. <sighs> Boom. Roll over. <laughs> Look, <laughs> turn that way. <laughs> okay, what is that? Oh, no, no. Okay, okay. It's lit. Exchange of energy. 
is a big thing. Can you imagine laying down with other people's demons and not really knowing them, giving them your body? You know, people do that all the time. And and this is this is my thing. More and more I, I think about this more and more. Domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Okay, so first of all, to give, like, what is all of this anger and hatred? If I punch you in the face, I really hate you from my soul. Like something, it's not just because you, you slighted me. I can't, I'm not going to hit somebody because they said something I didn't like or did something. What? But But then let's just say, Somebody hit somebody and and you decided not to press charges or whatever the hell. You continue to sleep with this person and then they beat you up again and beat you while you're pregnant and beat you this and beat you that. Or you say something and she bops you upside the head with the TV you bought her. (laughs) You know, when we lay down with people... You giving your body and you sharing your serum. Serum. I can't use that word. Energy. Serum. Yeah, let's Everything use energy. Exchanging, the exchanging blood or body fluids. How's that? Sorry, maybe too clinical. It's okay, all so. too clinical. <laughs> Jesus. Energy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People love on one another. Love on one another. If you are so angry that you want to hurt someone that you love, Walk the hell outside. Walk on get put your coat on. Get go, or better still, leave the coat inside and walk in the cold until you cool off. Walk on. Yes, yes. That's why you have to know yourself worth. Self love is a big thing. Love you first. Yes. And, you know, honestly, and and self-loving yourself first and knowing how to love yourself and knowing how to treat yourself, you know, with compassion and kind. And more than just words, there's an action involved in those things. Knowing that you deserve the best, then it becomes the barometer on how other people treat you. Because if you're not doing that to me, like, you know, no, I'm not taking myself through the drive-thru. And neither are you. Nah, this that I don't think this is that's um BDSM. That's that's violence. There's a difference. That you know, when when you talk about BDSM, that's um that's something that is agreed upon. Right. And there's a right. safe word. Right. You know, like I'm talking right. about cruelty. Talk about stuff that violates your being. Yes. And that's definitely different from BDSM. Yeah, and you teach people how to go their ass to jail. Um, <laughs> so that's that's um what Misty J was speaking about. We weren't necessarily speaking about that, Miss Matthews. Yeah. Um, but loving yourself. So my question is. In what ways do we love on ourselves? What What are some things that we do to love on ourselves, to 
you know, because not everybody really loves themselves. People are more self-critical and self, self-deprecating. self oh, I don't know about that. You know, like, uh, you know, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. Um, as opposed to really embracing and loving themselves, them, their whole selves. I mean, I we should all look to people that do that. Though, wait, I say think again. It, well, you know, it's funny. We all we we all look we all look at things through the lens of our experience. So when we say people are more um, or less or more of this, it 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 depends on who you're surrounding yourself with, you know, um, and what your usual is, and. Like um, when you said people, you think people are more of the self-deprecating um, vibes. Um, in context, I can hear that, but I also know what you do for a living. You know what I mean? Um, I may not know who's around you all the time, but I think that when your conversations become that, and I understand that wholeheartedly because that is one thing you have to watch out for when you're when you're in the fields. Um, that are caretakers or that take care of others or social work, whatever it is, you have to make sure that you get balance because, you know, and, and I say that true about, you know, certain other occupations, but particularly for the one that the industries that I know firsthand, you have to, have to, have to make it your life's work to get balance there because folks are coming to you with various stories. You're being it to various things, you know, and depending on what kind of stuff you do, it could be really, really horrifying. And and it's not normal behavior to be able to navigate through that unscathed. And by unscathed, I mean, you know, just because you can work through the situations, that becomes attached to your emotional pain walls. It becomes attached to all kinds of things that you have uh, uh, internally that make you you. There has to be because you never know what you're going to get, you know, you can't necessarily control those environments because, you know, you're coming to be able to help stabilize them. And when you do, you have to make sure you have a space where you can dump out some of the stuff, you know, I don't know, I don't know about you, Javon, but I was seeing, you know, I didn't, I did too many bodies and dumpsters and too many heads in freezers and all kinds of shit during my career um, of, of that. And, I needed to be able to purge that to be able to function without things attached, things attaching themselves yeah, yeah. to my, my wall, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's important, you know. Self-care is loving on myself. I learned to embrace my flaws and go, hey, I'm worthy and keep it positive people around me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pop don't got no flaws. <laughs> Pop ain't got no flaws, no. Pop ain't got no flaws. COVID is allowing me to be selfish. Mm, okay. Found self-care to be for me, aside from the normal, safe, hygienic care, self-knowing, self-knowledge begets self-mastery. That gives way to evolving, the only frequency to properly ascend into you first. Fill up your cup first. What pours out of your cup are for others. Always make sure you are full for healing and revealing. Yes. Mm. Yes. Not, yes. That's. Uh, I dig that, Tiffany Red. I don't know why I want to say read, but I'm sorry. It's Red. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have absolutely um, been able to, I think, spoil myself a little bit. I've definitely been spending a lot more time with myself, by myself, and getting to know myself. And we've been having a great time. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. So... What do you like to do, alone? Should we tell her? Sure, <laughs> share. It's Riz. Okay, uh, we've we've agreed to you know share with you. Um, what what I enjoy doing alone is really creating, um, reflecting, and creating. Um, yeah. That's that's basically what what I enjoy doing alone. Also, um, there are some hobbies that I enjoy pursuing alone. Um, I I I've never been the type that needs company to be happy, you know. Um, yeah, I've I've always sort of been a loner and like an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. Um, I've been called dark and swarthy. Um, yeah. Dark and what's the swarthy? Um, why? <sighs> I know myself very well. If you want to know all about me. Call one eight hundred pop pop. Um, because I I I have I can have a sense of humor that leans towards the dark. I also enjoy looking at dark shows on television if I watch television at all. Um, would you would you would you consider yourself do you consider yourself a depressive personality? I don't think I don't think so. Um but I think that others might think that of me. Um only because I don't you know, when you when you're not extroverted and you like dark, you like to dwell in the basement, you know, alone. And not necessarily with all the lights on. Yeah, people might think you're depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. You know, I'm quite com- comfortable, you know. Um, the desert scorpion only comes out during mating season. See, that, there you go. Give me a reason to come out the basement and I just might come for you. Any other time, if anything crosses its fortress, it comes out to fight. To the death. Thus, most scorpions are perfect loners. Hmm. And and it's true. I I am a loner, and I'm good with it. Other people think I'm depressed because I emotion I'm emotionally detached, or I emotionally detached. Um, Pluto rules the underground, and that hmm. that may be why I'm so comfortable in the basement of my house. You know, I just Well, you've carved out 
your little lair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have everything I need. and I think that's important to have your space. Mm-hmm. You no. Know, that doesn't uh, – has a space, your sense of things, you know, just a space you can go to. It kind of like a little sanctuary. Right. Now, every now and then – I'm not coming out the basement, you know. Yeah. But when you come out the basement – it's 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 usually a good time. Yeah, and and usually I come out with a purpose, or or you know, um, you know it's interesting, Miss Matthews, that you say we come out to either fight or have sex. Um, either of those two things are the two things that will get me out of the base basement. Romance. I'll say it like that. Or if there's a cause that I need to come out and fight for. If if all of a sudden I'm struck with this is this is injustice, then in my creative way I will sit and create something and then I will bring it out for the world. Let's do this. Let's marriage equality, um equal rights, um Sex trafficking. I don't know what. What? You know, it's crazy, but yes. Whether depressed, repressed, I do not suppress others. For that alone, leave it alone. <laughs> That's a word. That's a word, Miss Matthews. That's a word, for sure. Mars cold rules scorpion of Lakota. Well, what's the Mars part? That That's interesting. It's your sacred space of peace. Nothing wrong with that. That's true. That's true. No, you, we all have to have a space of peace. Even if, you know, and I'm also learning that you can create peace in front of people. For me, it generally involves closing my eyes. But then, as of late, I've been in rooms where I had to center myself because of either what was coming up for me or what I was experiencing in the moment. And I can just, I close my eyes as tight as I can and I breathe until I can hear the breath out of my ears, you know? Mm. And it takes, it just takes it all away, you know? It takes it all, it's just like a deep breath and eyes close and it just really, really takes me to a relaxing space where I could just say, okay, and come up out of it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I have to have my, my God space where, you know, that's in, when I get up and I med- do a little bit of meditation, you know, that's in my God space and that's quiet. If I put an effort and find you're not worth it to let go, once I'm let it go, I'm back to whatever. Well, yeah, I, I think I think most people are pretty much like that. Although there are those that even though they find out somebody's not worth something, they hold on and try to. It's like uh, that song that I played for you all last week by C.C. Peniston, um, Sick. Hmm. You know, she says, I'm sick from third degree burns, from holding on to to tight. Mm. You know? Can we play that? Yeah, let me play this. This is, um, let me see how to find it for a second. This is a song that CC had sent me a couple of years ago. Um, and it's rather exclusive. So this is CC Peniston with Sick.
Penn and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with my girl, Javon. Nice. Yeah. You know, that's so funny because people don't, I don't think that a lot of people realize that she can sing, sing, even though she had all cried out, not all cried out. Was that it? 
Inside that I cried. Inside, yeah, inside that I cried. But um, people, I don't, that's the other thing. People get boxed in. Yes, she does. How you doing, Coco? I know you were watching. So good to see you. I want to read something that um, was shared today. That's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talking about mental health, um, mm-hmm. and um, and it's an article that uh, was written by Taylor Bryant, and she's um, noting some of these stats from Columbia University Department of Psychi- Psychiatric Care, and um, it's talking about you know um, what are some of the barriers uh, to Black mental health today, you know. Um, and, you know, outside of, you know, just stigma, you know, attached to it, you know, they go through some of the things, like 10 things that um, could be deemed as barriers. And um, just want to run through them really quickly. Um, the first being the high cost of mental health treatment. Um, and despite the Affordable Care Act, around 12% of African Americans are insured. Now, see, I, when, when people start quoting the stats and stuff, the percentiles, you know, I tend to want to, as as someone that is um, in the field, I kind of tend to want to know what quantifies the stats. So I, I tend not to read them because then you, compared to what? It's, it's, they're and never-ending questions and how the surveys got conducted. But um, the high cost of mental health treatment is one of them. Um, familial shame around mental health. Uh, cultural stigma of mental health illness lack of diversity in healthcare, poor competency among black non, non-black clinicians, whiteness as a foundation to mental health care, mm. distrust of the medical industry, difficult navigating the process, mm. emotional hesitance, and 10 negative past experiences. And, um, and personally, I think all of these things were great, you know, and, and nailed a lot of the reasons why and the barriers for why, you know. And I think that starting at baseline with starting to attack some of those, like access to care and, and uh, cultural barriers about what we think about it, self-help, those sort of things. Um, cost, you know, getting around the cost. And that, you know, in the course of my career, I used to love to be the why can't we come here buster, you know. Mm. Love that, you know. There's one place in particular, I'll spare them the, na- the spare you of the name. <laughs> That's my, That was my, my last and best effort yet. Um, really happy about that because, you know, sometimes people open private uh, facilities and don't understand that if you receive any money from any government body, and that means banks too, mm-hmm. banks, you know, banks get money from other folk. It's not unless it's your money out your pocket. You have to allow everybody in there, you know, everybody, not just the people that you want in there that you feel are uh, worthy of the help. Everybody to remain open. So. You know, but um, mental health is a 
serious situation and it is something that should be maintained in like every other part of your every other part of you let's just say yeah that's true um for example um i think you learned last night and i just learned um today about um the unfortunate and untimely death of regina king's son um so sad so sad i i actually um pulled up this clip you know my my heart when when i learned um of of his passing my heart ached for her you know i it's so sad. like you know i've said it more than one time on this show that everybody's like a cousin in my head um when it comes to entertainers that i like and relate to um I really appreciate them personally for um, entertaining me. <laughs> you know, I really feel like thank you for giving of your talent. Um, because what would this world be like without these singers, these actors, these comedians, this, this mm-hmm. that? You know, like what would my personal experience be like if there was no entertainment in the world or or the entertainment was only the others and that kind of entertainment. Like, you know, um, people giving me somebody I could look at and identify with on the screen um, with situations and with our flavor, our at expressing our attitudes, representing us. So I watched Regina King as a little girl on 227 grow up to be this phenomenal woman and to she's entertained me all of her life let's put it like that for most of her life and um for her to experience such a loss to me is just devastating um anyway i just wanted to share this little quick quick clip if that's okay Right now, I want to bring in someone who I just think the world of. She is Regina King, nominated for Lead Actress, Series or TV Movie for Seven Seconds, Supporting Actress, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, the film nominated If Beale Street Could Talk. The list goes on and on and on with you this year. Uh, multiple nominee. Congratulations. Thank you. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. I told you I would see you here. Yes, I remember that moment on live with with Kelly myself, and this is your son, is your boy. Yes. How are you doing, Ian? I think you guys got the, the memo. We got the memo. Oh, yeah. we, we all got the cocktail memo. Yeah. Rose. Yeah, that's right. Cabernet. Pino, <laughs> you, know. you have to be over 21 to wear these colors. Uh, well, I like you. You look very, very sharp, my friend. Yeah, well, and me like you, believe me. So you, you portray powerful moms in both of these films. Obviously, we know you're a mom. Did you infuse anything that you learned as a mother into these roles? I'm sure what I've learned as a mother, what I've learned as a black woman in America that was once a black girl in America, all of, I think, just life experiences and just as an actor, part of being an actor is 
um, finding a bit of you in the character so that it rings true to the audience. So um, while those aren't my experiences, that is Regina finding herself in Sharon Rivers and in Latrice Butler. And I did read an article talking about Seven Seconds, and it said that you were at first hesitant to take that role. Why? Uh, I mean, look at this young man that is my most, this makes me happier than anything in the whole world. And to know that I was going to have to be in a space of um, a mother losing her child for six months, um, it was terrifying. I didn't realize that was the reason why. In my mind, I told myself, I don't, I don't need to play another mother. I need to chill on a mother role for a while. But as I was in it and, and being a sued was so um, sure that I needed to be the mother. And as I was in it and we were um, working on the show, I realized it was just my own fear of being in a place that I don't ever want to be in life, mm-hmm. you know? You've had a chance to spend some time with your mother, mostly on shows doing interviews, but she's got this amazing energy about her. What was she like for you as mom growing up? Man, as mom, usually people will ask me, like, what, what's it like having Regina King be your she mother? She's always in a good mood. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she's just a super mom, really. Like, she doesn't really let, you know, bad work days or anything come back and uh, ruin the time that we have. So it's really awesome to have a mother that can also love to enjoy Oh, no, sorry. Oh, my gosh. I can enjoy spending time with yes. and all that. So, Well, know. she's done a fine job, you can tell. Good, good job, you guys. It's great to see you. I like this closeness. Excellent. Congratulations on all these nominations. We'll see, we'll see you up there accepting, I'm sure. All right? Thanks, guys. Time's up. You see that, Juliana? Got to. Got to. Time's up. Time's up. Yeah, so just for uh, women having equality and safety in the workplace and in all individuals, so... That's really important to me, especially having a powerful woman that they were they rule the world. And to see them not be safe in the workplace is just terrible. And, and, not right. And and your mother is a role model to not only women but to guys as well, to men Absolutely. too. You Absolutely. really are. You inspire all of us. Thanks, guys. Have fun tonight. Yeah. Nothing but love, prayers, and respect for the privacy of um, both um, Regina King and Ian Alexander Sr. in this moment in their families. Um, it's unfathomable. And I know yeah. there's a lot of hurt there. Mm. Yeah. Oof. You know, they say when two or more are gathered in prayer, um, and I, don't, I know I don't have the quote right, but when there are two or more gathered and praying for someone, that it shifts, the energy shifts so many, you know. Yeah. So just um, say a prayer for Regina King and her family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hard thing. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, you know, a lot of people have experienced um, a lot of loss recently. I think, um, 
I, I, I would say more so now than in any other two-year period. The um, virus has taken more Americans than any war we've been in. It's crazy. Hypnotherapy is my personal choice of dealing with trauma and past transgressions. I feel like it is the property to change your thought process as well as the way you view and control your triggers. You know what? That's that's a great one. Also, um, there's another one as well that deals specifically with traumas. And, um, yeah, um, I think it's NDA or something like that. But um, I'll get the name of it. Don't know why, but Sloan Bella's son is coming to mind. Her recent video on the late rapper Draco, the ruler, what she said therein, I know I must stop overanalyzing. <laughs> hmm. Acupressure. Yep. Yeah. All kinds of weird, when you when you walk the door when you open the door to healing, there are so many different modalities. You'll find that there's so many. I mean, whether not whether you want to do it naturally, whether you want to, you know, whether whether even whether medication may be warranted, you know, and and we got to be you know, and as much as I am not an advocate for medication, sometimes. There are chemical things occurring in your body that you can get regulated on. It's just that simple. You know, it is just that simple. And when you do, it is a life changer. No, you don't have to go on other days where you're sitting drugged up and you can't move. You know, that they, they've come so far with meds these days that, you know, it just you can just be normalized, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's slowing down the thoughts and the the things that are going on in your in your brain, you know. And we all know that the brain and the emotional body walls and everything else are very sophisticated. So and you can't you can't control them, quote unquote. And I, I'm using words that I often would hear. Um, but if you need that good good regulator, let's just get it. You know, and this is my personal opinion, of course, but I don't see trying to love something or praise something or or um, encourage something away if it is still there and it's tormenting your life. You know, and Misty's saying the problem with antidepressants in the black community is what it's, it's what's prescribed. Absolutely. I get it. I absolutely get that. But I mean, I think that we need to spend time there, you know. Spend time there. And, and you know, honestly, a, a psychiatrist will work with you. At least anyone that I've known, anytime someone has ever asked me to do a psychiatric intervention with them, it, it, is, it is warranted that there are a few things that can be tried, you know, because it takes into consideration your, your um, physical traits as well, weight, size, you know, how long, what they're combating, how often, you know, and everybody's different. There's no two people the same. <laughs> you know, what what pill may work for one may not work for someone else. So just don't, and please, beyond anything else, don't share medications with anybody because you're feeling the same thing. Don't allow nobody to give you a, 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 a Prozac or, or Haldor or whatever. Don't, don't, don't take somebody else's pills because you're feeling or they offer them up. I've had many people try to offer, here, take this volume. No, thanks. It was not prescribed for me. I don't know 
what's happening with you. I can't take your value. Exactly. You know, but again, you can get regulated to, you know, if you're having problems from sleeping to to a lot of things, if you cannot do it yourself, in other words, you know? That's true. No shame. Let's just take that stigma right out, get our power back from that, because we're losing too many of us because of the way we think and what we think medication can't do. You know, and if and if we need it, we need to be open to it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Umar, he really he really feels that with a good therapist you can be counseled to healing. Actor Tom Cruise says similar meds, but yeah, um I Dr. Umar is interesting. Um I also understand that, you know, um that Everybody, some people may be beyond, may need an extra assistance through medication and counseling. I'm not saying, because I know the power of counseling and I understand that, but then there are some folks that may need to be able to, to sit through the counseling session. You may need to get the edge off with something in a safe, you know, low, low vibe, safe something, another because you can't even get through it to be able to, you know, focus <clears throat> without something to drown out the noise or help you, you know, in your in your thoughts. You know. So it is it is a I guess I'm saying the same thing. Um but I don't I don't uh I'm not pro or against. I'm just I just know the difference through actual applied methods so it's kind of it's kind of different you know but i also believe in people's right to choose you know um until you can't choose for yourself you know (laughs) yeah yeah um some people some people do well on medication and then when they realize that they're feeling better they feel like they don't need the medication anymore and then something awful happens they they have a regression so you know um if you are taking medication and medication works for you, then please, please, please take your medication. Give it a try. If the medication is doing too much, go back and ask the physician to modify the prescription. You know, they can give you a lesser dosage if if that's what's necessary. Um, and a lot of people um, have the complaint that some medications make them too sleepy or too drowsy. Um, they they may need a lower dosage, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and everything is is a balance, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Um. So again, just like Rez said, you know, we're not pro or against. Mhm. Um. However, if if you're prescribed medication, um, and it helps you, then there's no shame in that. There's absolutely no mm-hmm. shame in that. And if you are prescribed a drug that helps you, be an advocate for whatever helps you. Not necessarily for drugs, but for what helped you, yeah. you know, because, yeah. because yeah. other folks need to hear that as well. You know, nine years ago, I was blah, 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 and whatever that is, you know, and this is what helped me, you know. Um, now, granted, they may have newer meds out, but, you know, if, you're, if you've gone through something, the idea is to normalize these conversations in our community, period, you know, um, and let people know it's okay to reach out and be able to say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it is what it is. 
My anxiety symptoms, racing heartbeat, inability to swallow, inability to stop racing thoughts, feeling hopelessness, and hyperventilating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying that cognitive therapy assisted you with these these symptoms, Misty? Oh, the the okay, it seems like she's saying the medication increased her anxiety. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's not cool. So, and it, and it depends yeah, and it also depends on what they were prescribing because she said many and I'm um you know, after oh, after trauma. Okay. okay. After trauma. Okay, yeah, yeah. Trauma will let me tell you something that you probably already know. Trauma and stress, you know, will take you out of here if you do not gain some uh, focus and, and clarity and, and manageability about it. You have to, you know, particularly the traumas and, you know, traumas can go back to childhood. Traumas can be from things that are in everyday life occurrence. But the idea is to, again, normalize these conversations and normalize if you find a place that has worked for you, somewhere where they do great counseling or great or have great mental health practitioners, tell people about it. Tell people about us that more than one person can benefit from this. That's the only way we're going to heal each other as a community. Black folks in general have cellular traumas beyond. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Cellular well, trauma. Yeah, <clears throat> Mr. J is saying that cognitive therapy was the most effective of all. And, you know, thank you for sharing that, you know. Thank you. So that other people might want to go and request to try it. So that's, that's you know, it's important, like Reza saying, to share it. Yeah. She said you also and have to be aware of OTC, over-the-counter drugs, and what they do to you. For example, I cannot take a decongestant because it makes me anxious. I can't take mm-hmm. any narcotic medication. Yeah. She doesn't drink caffeine because it increases her anxiety. And and you know what? I'm glad that you're saying these things, Misty, though, because um, knowing what how everything affects you, you know, knowing yourself mm-hmm. and being honest with yourself. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the people that are around you, especially if they're about to offer you something, it's okay to say or to ask, look, does that have caffeine? Because... It, caffeine makes me anxious. I can't. I can't drink caffeine. Is that caffeinated or decaffeinated? If you have tea, give, can you give me the the decaf? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know. It it makes sense that we take. That's a part of self love too. You know, mm-hmm. being courageous enough to let people know know that I I don't drink that. I can't. I'm allergic. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know. I don't like it, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you know, sometimes even adults go through peer pressure, you know. Um, I was put back on birth control. You can't take birth control and an antidepressant. Okay. Mm. And let me tell you something about women's studies, too, because they have not studied. <laughs> women's studies had been for a major, major long time um, neglected. So, you know, and they would not spend as much money on um, doing tests and, and things to figure out what we could do, you know. Um, 
and oftentimes the medications wouldn't help. And and um, estrogen um, or any kind of hormone where you're taking antidepressants and, and, and birth control is not the only one. There are quite a few other hormones that you, people don't even know. If you're taking that with an antidepressant, yes, it will, it, it will knock you off your square. It absolutely would. She says she actually had to change her birth control, her only medication currently, because it was making her suicidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely anything that makes you feel like you want to do self-harm, you know, you want to check in on that immediately. Um, mm-hmm. immediately. But so. they do tell you about hormones, even if it's like hormones or, or i.e. birth control and, and other ones that um, can be contraindicated. They, they tell you about that and not enough talk is going on about that, you know, because birth control is something that you can take every day, you know, taking your pill. And if you have a, you know, uh, another, if you've been diagnosed with something else and you need to take a pill for that, you got to make sure you tell your doctor what you are taking. Yes, yes. What um, you were taking. Misty says she was afraid to say that she was suicidal because she didn't want to end up hospitalized. Well, Misty, I'm glad that you did say something and that, you know, everything worked out. And I will say this for those listening it is better to be hospitalized than to to be put in the hospital than to be put in the morgue. So, you know, please, if you feel like you're going to hurt yourself, if you really feel that way, please speak to your physician. And, um, and you tell know, a friend, too. And tell a friend. Tell, tell a friend, friend exactly how you're feeling. A real a friend. friend. Yes, a friend that you know is going to just – a friend that you know loves you despite – whatever you may feel about yourself, a friend that will know when it is appropriate to, to breach your confidentiality, you know, um, you know, cause I know that, you know, friends like to keep secrets and they can, you know, hold you down in that way, but find a friend who knows, cause you know, listen, real life, you can tell me, and I think I'm holding confidence. Most things that you do, if you say something about hurting yourself, we going to see the good doctor. And if we don't want to go voluntarily, I'm calling the bus and I know exactly what to say to the ambulance to get them to take you. I know exactly what to say to them to get them. And if you live in New York, your ass is out because yep. they're taking you. Eleanor Bumpus, again, changed the game on that. Exactly. So if if you need help, you know, um, there is a certain, there's a difference between being confidential and help. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, Javon, I got to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody. The thing Javon's going to probably say to me is, well, okay, hold on. I won't tell anybody. But if you try to hurt yourself, right? I just need to be with you from the beginning. Right. Just need to be or, honest with you from from jump. If, you, if you're going to tell me that you, you're going to hurt yourself or that you really want to hurt yourself, I, we, may, we may need to involve somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But don't let that stop you from telling me what you need to tell and, me. And seldom, Misty J, and I see you said I didn't need to be hospitalized. I needed to stop taking the pill, but I needed to be separate from the rational thoughts. It's it's very hard for someone going through it to self-diagnose. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I understand. And I would probably change I didn't need to be hospitalized. I didn't want to be hospitalized. 
but sometimes stabilizing to find out the baselines, to know what's going on with your blood counts and everything else internally while you're having the feelings, necessary, particularly if you're having ideations. And I'm not, I'm not your therapist. I'm not anybody's therapist, but I'm just letting you, you know, like oftentimes that hospitalized piece is a barrier for people wanting to get changed or the children. I can't go because my, my daughter's coming out of school. Listen, I'm going to get Tammy Faye on your, on, to pick up Nancy Joe from school <laughs> so we can go sit in the emergency room and we're going to have chocolates and we're going to read and we're going to talk and we're going to, you know, we're going to talk to the doctor together. This is what you're feeling. This is how. You know, everybody that has, you know, um, um, uh, challenges with mental health needs to have their own mental health practitioner and not the emergency room. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, have a doc- have more than one doctor. Let's listen. I got more than one doctor in the building. My my G- my general practitioner cannot do everything. I need specialists in certain and I get them. I get them. And they're necessary. So please, you know, let's let's help normalize some of this this um, stuff because we got to get we. Anybody coming to save us? We got to save ourselves. So nature's first law: self preservation. You know. Exactly. Um, Coco says yes. With women, it's hard to know the difference between hormonal ups and downs versus mental inabilities. Not enough focus on the differences. Mm, and Misty says, "See, that's the part some people miss. You get hospitalized, miss days of work, lose money, have another reason to have a breakdown." Well, um, I do know that. You know, you know, in places that you work, let's let's talk about that for a second, because honestly, because COVID has changed the game on a lot of stuff. And, you know, we have the great walkout, as they're calling it, and they have all these proverbial words for what's going on with our with our um, our economy um, and our job stuff. But really understand when you are interviewed for a job or career, whatever you want to call it, please make sure you do not forget to interview the place, too. You must know about their benefits. You must know about what their work-life tolerance is. You must know things like, you know, how their longevity of staff. You must know who the assholes that are going to be supervising you. You must know a lot of things before you decide, yes. Salary is not – salary is probably the last, quite frankly. Last question but certainly one of the questions. But you need to know, like, what, what are the time, what's the time? What, what kind of benefits are you offering? You know, will I be able to continue my education? You know, a lot, a lot of things that you have to ask them. You know, how, how long, how old is your oldest staff person, meaning in terms of tenure? Right. Do they have people with tenure? If you notice people coming in and out a lot, pause that right there because there's something about the environment that's not right. Yep. And this won't be right for your mental health. When you and get pension. <laughs> Listen, it's more than, and see, I, I tend to not even talk about money a lot because I believe that if you're in a, a space that supports your growth and development as a worker in the space and has a good environment, you'll, you'll understand when you don't have that, how that impacts. Because you can have all the money in the world on a, on a, on a, on a pay scale, but the atmosphere and environment be so fucked up that it won't even matter what you make. You want to get the hell out of there. Been in those situations. 
been in those situations. Yes, most people take the jobs because they need the money, but you don't want to walk out of your job. I had a friend of mine call me the other day that recently left her job onto a better job that treats her like she deserves to be treated first. But she realized shortly after being there, and she's an amazing worker, an amazing person, tried to fit into a system that was not for her, basically, so she ultimately had to leave it, right? Not only did she walk out and get more money for her, what she was worth, more money, way more money than half of them are making over with she was that were in the positions of power. Well, she also recognized that she had PTSD mm. from being in that environment so long. She she was very staccato about just somebody saying, "Oh, okay, no problem," or you know, not not uh, drilling her about certain things, and you know, just just being unnecessary because they don't know any better and they're not um, proficient in what they do and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what, and Misty, let me just say that um, I've been exactly in that spot. That's why I left that comment up there um, where, you know, Misty, just to, to quote Misty, she says, Therese, that sounds good. Most people take jobs because they need money. All of those questions are for the privileged. Um, still a privileged perspective. Most people are making less than 15 because they have to. And I have to say that I have been in the position of being a minimum wage worker when the you know. minimum wage was $3 an hour. And it took me quite some time, quite some years to to get up from under that. Um, I've done so many jobs. Mm-hmm. I, I, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. So, so Misty, I get it. Um, but this is not about this is not about what you make, you know. And I didn't I didn't leave money off that list. I just want to be I just right. But clarify. you know, it's also about being respected. It's about being protected and and making sure that where you work has what you need in the moment. And and for a a lot of people, I think um, when you apply for a job. You want this job for a reason. You need this job for a reason, especially from the perspective of someone who is going to accept a minimum wage opportunity. Um, There's something about this job. I think what Therese is also offering is that when you accept the job, also you should be aware of what health plans are available with that job. Um, know everything that's available. And if this is a job and you you have not come across a better opportunity prior to accepting this job, please keep your eyes open and peeled for another job, a better opportunity. Um, yeah. Because any there's no one job that's the end-all, be-all. Any job that you're at, you know, can be used as a stepping stone for the next opportunity. Um, so I've, I've, and, and I, just to just tell you, I mean, I worked in a supermarket, worked in a department store, was a clerk, moved, you know, went, worked at the Bronx Zoo driving the monorail, um, didn't get any benefits from any of that except work experience, worked at a, um, hemodialysis center where I was the 
clerk. I was a lab tech. I, all of that for $5 an hour, spinning down blood, separating the serums, freezing it, and sending it off. I did a lot of things for way below what is minimum wage right now. And with with all of that, um, from that last job that I just mentioned where I was working at the hemodialysis center and I was doing all this other stuff, also doing social work there, um, I was – getting the the pre-approval for Medicaid and Medicare and, you know, getting family histories and doing all this kind of stuff. Um, and then I landed a job at Bellevue Hospital um, as, as a clerical person there, earning just above um, minimum wage, which, well, actually a lot above because it was like a $6 an hour increase from where I was. And that was still at, at a clerk, but when when I was leaving from, from the dialysis center to go work at Bellevue, I I started asking those questions that Therese is talking about. You know? This this is, it's less, this has um and, and just for some clarity, Misty, this has nothing to do with money. You know, I didn't mention money. I said money is money would be the least of it, and I, I'm, but certainly on the list of questions. But there's so many other things that will before the money comes that will knock you off that square, and you won't even get to the money. Like if they don't have benefits, don't work any job that you do not have medical, dental, mental health benefits and resources. And then when you do have them. If they have them, what kind? And if the interviewer does not know that, ask them, can you please find out? Because I'll be re- following up with that. Right. And, and, and because I know a lot of people that take a lot high-end jobs, but you don't get any benefits. Right. And, you and, put yourself on the job and you do what? You're spending the money you just earned on, men- on, on uh, mental health or the medical. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not, it's, um, it's, I just want to impress upon you to ask the questions. And my, my initial point was about, School interview, not to cross the table from anybody where you want a job and you do not interview them about what you're walking into. Because if you have a pre-existing something that happens to you, anxiety, stress, depression, if you have a pre-existing something and you get into a space that's not healthy. Actually, right now, every job has to offer something medical because of the Affordable Care Act. And we got exactly how many more years before somebody can come in and take the Affordable Care Act right off the table and you'll be right back to square one. So what I'm saying is do not wait for the government to bail you out of anything because we already know that they are fucked off in the game. What we can do is make sure that we are clear on our personal power, personal power, to be able to say, this is what I want, and why don't you have this? Oh, you know what? This will be a great opportunity for me, but you don't have this. You know, ask for what you need. You know, ask for what you need. And you know, and you and, and, and and if if it look, this is this is Misty is talking from a, a clear reality, as are you, Rez. You you're both speaking from a real real place. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know what? There's still a lot of jobs out there that don't have ad- adequate coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that need to just pay the rent. 
And so they're looking for that. And then later on, they realized that they needed rent and health care and or something else. I mean, these things happen. It's all important. Meaning outside of your job, there are all kinds of places where you can negotiate money. Right. But it's, it's, you ain't going to be negotiating it's, nothing it's, else. It's all, all important, you know. Right. Um, right. I've I've been in both situations, and mm-hmm. and and I get both opinions and and both sides of it. Um, mm-hmm. So so, and I agree with both of you, <laughs> quite frankly. It's an odd place to be, but I don't, I don't disagree with what she's saying. I'm just saying, in addition the, to, in addition to, right? Don't walk away thinking all you need is money, right? Don't, so, don't do that, right? That's- so, so again, when you get that job that helps you pay the rent, but it doesn't have the other things that you may need for yourself and or your family, just because you have a job. It should not. It should not preclude you from looking for a better opportunity, a better job. Because, like I said, I've been at multiple. I mean, when there's a, um, there's a, a a woman that I work with who says, "Oh, that's what you." I don't know. Let's ask Javon. She probably did that job. Javon, have you ever worked in construction? As a matter of fact, I have. I you I did. I was a construction worker for a year. Yeah. Put down the wire mesh in the bathroom floors under the tile. Yeah. That's what I did. In in newly constructed buildings. Yeah. So I mean and and trust me, there was no medical benefit, there was no benefit. I'm just glad I didn't fall down and hurt myself cuz disability would have been cuz whatever. That was years ago. I think at the height of my mental break, I was working five jobs simultaneously. Gee whiz. And that, my friend, will do it. will give you one. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah. I, I remember um, when mm-hmm. I was going to NYU, I was working, I was taking 18 credits. That just stands out because I, I remember that clearly. I was working at what was then the brand new Tower Records on 66th Street, which no longer exists. Broadway? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right across the street from mm-hmm. CBS. Mm-hmm. And all the people who worked at CBS, including the actors and actresses and singers, and stuff, they used to come into the store. I remember that. Um, and I was also working another part-time job. I can't remember what that was. And trying to party because I was a young person who didn't know that I didn't need to be partying. I should have just did what I had to do and get that part of my life done, and it was time to party later. I I didn't think that. Nobody said, hey, hey, do what you got to do. You could party in four years. I partied myself into it. I was smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee, trying to stay up. It was it, I was a wreck. And that was just going to school and having two jobs. I can't imagine doing five jobs. Five. Like, when do you sleep? Then then you're knocking into your anatomical needs, you know. When do you rest? You know, when do you, when do you, are you eating properly? Are you, you know, like, that's just so much. And I understand people having to make the ends meet, but I'm just saying that, you know, I would have to get someone else in to kind of 
you know, rejuice some things so that I'm able to do, you know, because that means nothing. Anyway. That's a lot, Misty. 24 yeah. questions. You, you, you know, you, you're doing. So many. They that's say I'm much. Tammy. You say They say I'm Tammy too much. Okay. You, yeah, you know, that's too, much. that's too much. Prayer for you, Misty J, is that you have figured out downtime for yourself. Right. That you have found some peace. That you have provided yourself with some peace. Only you can do that. Nobody can do that for you. Coco says, man, I remember working three jobs in high school, two on the weekend and one after school. <laughs> you know? And and I've always been a, a, a worker, a worker bee. That's, that's a good high school energy. Yep. When I was 13, I, yep, when I was 13, I started hustling at the supermarket. So, um, you know, I get it. Um, ladies, we are at the end, the conclusion of our show. And instead of uh, ending the way we normally do with a, an outro, trying to find our girl. And let Monifica. Yes, you are. You are still standing, and you are still independent, and you are still amazing. You are and amazing, would, absolutely. And I would say you can incorporate as long as you're still standing and breathing. Guess what you can keep doing? Getting better. That's it. And with that, here is Monifica. <laughs> Monifica, that's what Allie Baby calls us. Really? Shout out to Allison Williams. Yeah, yeah, she's, by the way, for those of you wondering, she's, latest report, she's on the men. Men, yes. Amen goes right there. Amen.